Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestradino back with you for another check-in here of the great Australian survivor heroes versus villains or vigilantes. Okay, we're going to talk about the merge week here with the host of our international survivor coverage. Please welcome back the great Shannon Gus. Shannon, how are you? Hi, Rob. I'm good. I'm overloaded. Survivors, yes. my brain right now. Okay, well, Four of course, that is has covered the week five of Australian Survivor. Has about a four-hour podcast uh, with course, her best yeah. friend Mike Bloom, mm-hmm. and that podcast is up. Of course, has been covering this season all long, all you season long uh, on Talking Tribal, and then now U.S. Survivor is back and is going to be back on. Survivor Global talking with, uh, again, for the second time in three weeks, our great friend Nick Idanta. Yes, because Nick missed 43, so I wanted to get him on ASAP to talk about U.S. Survivor. Yep. And I guess it's kind of good that the shows are like different shows at this point. Like, so, like, you could never get confused because the things you focus on are so wildly different. I mean, we saw, and we don't want to spoil the 44 premiere here. We're not going to get into like extreme spoilers. We're going to try to be like quite broad and and vague about things while doing our usual verses and comparing and contrasting. But like so many things in the 44 premiere were things we have not seen in 15 episodes of Australian Survivor. Mm -hmm. Even like treks and dilemmas have been like, I mean, no treks, very minimal dilemmas. Yeah. um, Like about pastries. And no one loses votes in Australian Survivor. Like they just, that's just such different shows now. It's crazy. I mean, the two shows like uh, probably have never been more different. Yeah. In such extreme maybe, ways. Maybe like in the very beginning of Australian Survivor, when it was not at all like Survivor in like the, you know, Survivor 32, 33, like Survivor Millennials versus Gen X era, where it was like, hey, this is like Survivor from like uh, 15 years ago. Uh, but now they've gone like um, some, they passed somewhere in the middle and now are just like completely different. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it felt extremely stark this week to me. And I didn't want to be like that kind of person where Australian Survivor is going to ruin US Survivor for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it will. And I'll get more into it on Global. Yeah. But I did feel like all the issues I had with 44, I was like comparing it to my current favorite child in this season, at least of Australian Survivor and being like, Damn, the, you know, because especially this week, and we'll talk like the, to talk about Australian Survivor was so meaningful. Like mm-hmm. I felt like the strategy, and we can get it. We got into the intricacies on the recap of split votes, or you know, could, should should you counter a minority split vote or anything like you know, and you can yeah. do that. But it was mostly just like big, meaningful strategy, like decisions rooted in in intention and social relationships to get to like a big merge voter that's going to win out a big war versus like again not to spoil so much of us survivor but like these little tribes with finicky votes that kind of go nowhere um yeah it was just starkly different to me yeah one of the things and and this came up uh, that you know i do a weekly uh patron happy hour where i take calls from the patrons and uh one of our uh great patrons greg called in and was talking about uh this very thing and of course you know this is the podcast where we compare uh u.s survivor and australian survivor a lot and the thing that I, i think i sort of like uh really honed in on is that I feel like that Australian survivor and one of the reasons why I love it so much, especially in this current iteration is that we get a really like uh, nuanced and like well reasoned like case for a decision that a player or multiple players have to make. Okay. I, I that, and basically a lot of times I think we're going to a tribal council and we're getting sort of like a choice of is it going to go this way or is it going to go this way? There's sort of like a binary choice 
that is going to be made at the tribal council. And we don't really know which way it's going to ultimately fall out, but we kind of know all the reasons why it might or might not happen. U.S. Survivor is all about uh, what's going to happen. I don't know. Anything could happen. You know, you get like five different people going into tribal council, like saying like, it's Survivor. Uh, should this be like uh, this? It, it, it could be anything. Uh, and I think that Survivor, U.S. Survivor wants to give you like surprise it was like this other thing and not because necessarily it was a surprise to the players. They wanted to be a surprise to the audience. Whereas I feel like that Australian survivor, um, you know, that there are twists that happen along the way, but I think that they are more likely to show their cards a lot more of like, okay, these are the possible outcomes tonight. And we're just going to explain to you why. Yeah, I mean, Australian Survivor, that, that could go bad or, or well. Like, when it's a season like this where the outcomes are so interesting, I think they're, like, more willing to show you those things. They don't want people to be confused, but, yeah, they do want them to be kind of shocked and surprised. But they want to paint, like, these really clear narratives that, like, if someone's gone and had dinner during the episode, they can maybe understand things. In this season, those narratives are amazing, so we get a clear sense of them, and they're really delivering. In other seasons when the narratives aren't as interesting, they might, like, completely cover what things were they might manufacture storylines to make sense to them and actually mm -hmm. hide more so that there's like some sense to it um for, for in, in the eyes of the viewer and i yeah i do think that u.s survivors more like oh this crazy thing happened um and, and having more of that chaos there but it's so interesting as well in terms of like every part of it like u.s survivor i was really struck by like the, the realization of the dream for all of them and how you know it's so concerned with its own history in ways that i enjoy but like that's just not at all here on Australian Survivor, it, for better or worse, you know, you have people who aren't necessarily fans. You kind of get that like emotionality from a player like Liz, who I don't think is like, oh my God, I like, I have to make the optimal move here. Or, you know, like she's playing the game as like kind of like a raw, very real person who probably just got this opportunity as an Olympian. Then you have the returnees who, it's not the realization of a dream, they've already had it, but they're like very much there, it feels, it, maybe for Simon, but like to make real great television especially for like a george and a shawnee where it's like this is a fun thing but it's also like a career opportunity for me which is just not true of us survivor so all of these things were striking me in watching survivor 44 as i say they are very different shows i was it was constantly in my mind as i was watching okay well this was a great week that we came in where ultimately we had uh one vote and then ultimately we got to the merge and it was not lost on me once upon a time that i saw a, a tribe of eight go up against a tribe of four on the island of Samoa, and it did not go so great for that group of eight uh, when a former Australian Survivor alumni was at the helm of a uh, small but mighty team of original uh, four members. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Samoa comparison has been made. And Samoa, like, Foa Foa really, like, fought back with that four. Then they get over Shambo. But, like, what George, George does here is he creates, like, a real Jerry true the majority. Shambo? Is Matt the Shambo? Jerry, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's probably more. It's probably more Jerry. And then it makes a lot of sense. And so then who's the Natalie White? Is it Shawnee or Liz? Hmm. Interesting. Who's yeah. Mick? Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't think George it's a perfect is not one for one. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, we've, we've compared this alliance to like Black Widow Brigade, to the Villains Alliance and Heroes vs. Villains. We will compare it to every dominant alliance through US Survivor history. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but George, like, I think what's so impressive about it is like he has this like true majority like we kind of talked about it on the recap, but there's like, there's more that could have been done to like, that maybe like Russell would have done um, in terms of like, Russell pushes it with like idols to have like a minority win out. George like really wanted this group. He includes Simon. He doesn't give Simon a fake name. He doesn't sacrifice Simon, all things that someone could do. Um, he doesn't have like the moles continue on. Like he could have had like a mole stay on through the merge, which is something like people consider something that could be interesting because like they win in a seven, four, one could have been six, five, one, six, four, two, um, mm -hmm. without, you know, like, or even with the idol being played, let alone, you know, everyone could have been a mole with that. Yeah. And he doesn't because he wants this, like, ship of people. And it, it's more unifying than I feel Russell does, especially in a big group. Rus Russell could unify a minority, but the way that George has unified a majority, I think is quite, like, special to him and this character. Yeah. But, All right. But as much as I love George, I feel like that there might be a new main character in this post-merge game. Jerry? No, not Jerry. 
I am very intrigued with Simon in where he is because I kind of feel like that is I I could see a path for Simon to the end of the game. Like I really feel like to uh, maybe because here's you know what honestly I think that Simon's path to the end is that if he gets to the end with say George Johnny Simon, okay. I wonder, could he be sort of like the Sandra in the uh, U.S. Heroes versus Villains, where it's like, okay, those two were together this whole time, and they work to dismantle like all of this. And you know, Simon was, you know, like, oh, we should have listened to him. We shouldn't have worked with George, you know. And I, I just wonder, like, I feel like that he has sort of the uh, underdog upside that, you know, I feel like that the heroes don't hate his guts. And if he can get to the end, there could be some of these, uh, you know, uh, the meat tray, former meat tray people who are on the jury and they would be looking for any alternative to George. Yeah, well, in terms of like how mad they should be at the three moles and how that might manifest in like a hero strong jury of people who feel entitled to the game being there. So they could be like kind of a bitter aspect. They should feel the most bitter to Matt because they, like, why did Matt flip on them? They hadn't really mm-hmm. done anything to him. Like he made that choice for his own self-interest, but I think they should easily be the most angry at him. Haley, they did try to vote out, but not all of them, not Flick, not Sean. Um, so, and she was doing her own stuff. Like we found out that she's been really pushing down and at George and slandering George. So she's kind of been playing them and they really thought that she was with them. So they should probably be most second mad at her. And then who could be mad at Simon? Like if they're mad at Simon, that, that makes me mad. You know, mm-hmm. like they, they, they've been, they've been really, really cruel to Simon. Not, well, they've really pushed him away. Like it's been unfortunate to watch and he's given them everything. And then he just went to the better option. So yeah, I mean, it could be like a Sandra thing. Isn't that an interesting idea that like a lot of what, what Sandra gained from the jury was I tried things and I tried to tell you and you didn't listen. So it's your fault. And they were like, you're right, Sandra. And we're very mm-hmm. sorry. And that's yeah. something like she could and maybe should say to Simon. I mean, I don't know if that means he's like sitting next to George and they're so burned by George or if George just like kind of dominates the game and gets picked off at a point. But I mean, they, they should, it's not a pity vote, but it is like a, it, they can't be mad at him. That's a hundred percent sure. <laughs> Shannon, you know George is my favorite survivor personality that I get to watch. I, I like I'd have to like in the all-time pantheon of players to watch, I'd have to figure it out. But you know, he's in he's in my top three. Okay. And uh, maybe Ever. potentially number one. Okay. Ever. Can, yeah, I think so. That's insane. Wait, that's this should go viral. That's a huge call. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's like this massive call. Can someone put this on Reddit? That's crazy. Is that crazy that George is, uh, I think, one of the three no, most... No, you said ed- number one. Yeah, no, no, I, I said, I said maybe he could, be, he could be number one. I mean, I don't think it's... I don't I don't think that it's necessarily wrong. I just think it's a massive call. And I, I don't like, want to, like, say the best player or anything like that. No, he's like, the best personality, yeah. Yes. So, can George ever win a jury vote? I think it's been better this time. I've gotten some messages about people saying they feel the social game is better, and I know your mileage may heavily vary mm. on this um even like flick in my exit with her was like you know I, I i love george you know like i think the kind of thing with george is he's such a distinct personality i found this myself in my relationship with him like we can disagree and he's gonna be so george about it and then you're just like that's george and you yeah. love him for it you know like i think there's a there's a he's more personable than maybe comes across on screen and i i think that maybe some people are being alienated and, and definitely sean did compare him to hannibal lecter but like <laughs> His majority enjoy him. I love him, that comparison. Simon, but, you should, did, yeah. did George like that? Did George run with that? I don't think George would dislike that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, he'd probably be like, that's funny. And mm-hmm. does Hannibal like this? Is he like the winner of that movie? I haven't seen it. But that's all that, that's really important to George. So, I mean, I don't think it's impossible. And I definitely think it depends on the jury. And it depends who he's sitting next to. But like, if he's so far out in front of anyone else, yeah. which I kind of feel like he is, then... Mm-hmm. Some I think he could be Jerry in the that. end. If he can get to the end with 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 Jerry, like you know, him and Jerry and Matt might be a winning combination if he can yeah. do that. Yeah. But but then also, it's a very similar jury to what he kind of. It's a it's a similar dichotomy to what he had in Brains versus Braun. Like, well, kind of. I feel that the the Brawns were like the heroes and like ah integrity challenges. Like that's what matters. But then also the Brains were like the Brains were like Laura as an example. Like they also cared. They also they weren't fans and they like didn't care as much about gameplay and they like also were kind of physically based. It was kind of like a brawn mm-hmm. versus brawn. Whereas I feel like heroes versus villains, like the heroes definitely could be like that. But like the villains, if it's, it's 
you know, even if he's cutting them off, if it's this kind of like jury of game playing villains, mm-hmm. Shawnee, Liz, Haley, Matt, Jerry, maybe not yeah. Simon, and just like a, enough heroes that care, like Nina could be more gameplay focused. I think maybe they could respect it. And it really depends on how they're dealing with him day day to day. But I think it's, yeah. it's definitely been better this time. That all time survivor personality bracket is an interesting one because I think it's for me, it's a combination of, you know, it's personality, but also the gameplay style. And like, you know, being somebody, there are certainly people that are way more likable, uh, more charismatic than uh, George, but uh, do they have the, you know, uh, je ne sais quoi of, uh, you know, playing the game uh, like he does? I think it's a very short list. Yeah, well, I mean, we've and we've spoken about it as well. Is that George's intention is to make great TV as yes. possibly yes. So his primary intention? Maybe he thinks it's difficult to win as well. So maybe that's the thing he's leaning into. And like George quit his job, and he's basically being like a full time Survivor player at this point. And he does like meet and greets for Channel Ten, and he's on Cameo, Book a George Cameo, and that's been really helpful to him. And I think that he's behooved by being his most entertaining self. And we've definitely seen that from like a David Janet as an example. But I also think David was like very focused, like specifically on the win, like that might be like a dual focus for him. Whereas like George, I think his number one is, I'm going to be as entertaining as possible. We're going to see how it goes and it's going to get me pretty close and maybe it'll work. And I love him for it. Yeah. And in US Survivor, do we have that? I mean, certainly not. I feel- You wouldn't get on the show if that was your thing. Yeah, I feel people really want to win. <laughs> like that's their thing. And sometimes they're really entertaining doing it. But is it is it a focus before winning to be entertaining? I don't know that we can ever say that. So that probably does push George up. I mean, who else? Who are we thinking of? Like in the in the bracket, like you have to have like Sari. Well, Tony, I feel like is somebody Tony, else, you know, yeah. uh, who's like a who's like yeah. a unicorn of like like that. So it's a very short list of people that are like Tyson, you know, very, very entertaining and then also very good at the game. Yeah, I think that like to put George in a top 10 globally would not be would be like a cold take, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, again, mileage may vary because people have very strong opinions about it. But I think from an objective standpoint, that would be a cold take from the top three. You're like, oh, that's interesting. But top one, I think that that's what will go viral, maybe. So mm-hmm. maybe this is okay. going to be the thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Shannon, I'd love to talk with you about that first tribal council that we saw this week. And I know that you were very fired up uh, talking with Mike about this decision Mm -hmm. of really the politicking that went on uh, where we saw the Spice Girls, where it was uh, George and Liz and Shawnee deciding about uh, if they were going to keep Flick. And, you know, it's was such an interesting way that it was like uh, worked out at tribal council and it was an interesting discussion and it would have been probably like a better podcast for the week to have stopped on where there could have been more discussion about was this the right move was this the wrong move without instantly knowing it was yeah George was right yeah that would have been interesting the frustrating part of it would have been our lack of information yeah like for some of it I would have loved to have a podcast so I could have come out and been like Leaks 100% flipping back. I don't need to see 10 minutes from now to know that to be true. Um, But what would have been frustrating is we didn't know where Matt sat. Mm -hmm. And that was like a big information gap. And while they have it, it hasn't been proven for them, but they obviously have a way better read into that than we did. So we would have been like speculating without as much information as we often do on these podcasts. So I was glad for that. Like in terms of like analyzing it through the week, I was glad to have oh, okay, so this is why George would make that move. Because otherwise it seems completely nonsensical, right? Like that, and did you feel that in the moment when he chooses, Jerry chooses Matt over Stevie and George goes with it? It feels like, wait, that's a loyal ally versus a question mark. Yeah, that seemed very surprising. A question mark. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, and it paid off. Like they were right, you know? Yeah, I mean, for Liz and Shawnee, like I definitely understood, you know, okay, well, we just don't want to vote another woman out of the game. And we, you know, we look no further than, you know, Survivor 43 to see, you know, uh, that sometimes like these is the kind of thing that can snowball. Do you think that in this particular season, though, was that a good point considering that there was almost no chance, though, that the meat tray is going to unite with George and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jerry and, uh, you know, maybe Matt could have reunited with them, but yeah, it, it seemed unlikely that all of the men were going to team up. Yeah. And parabolic women. That's what I always say about Australian survivor. Mm-hmm. The women will get voted out early because brute strength is vital. 
it's unfair, but it's true. And they, they will get sacrificed for that. And then they'll, then there's this like big middle section. We've already seen it happen through kind of this middle section um, through like the post swap. And then the, like through an early merge, like they're all going to be really, really big targets. Like if anything, whatever side won out there, the Mitre won out. I mean, they were, they were targeting Shawnee, which is unfortunate, but like you definitely think someone like Jerry is getting, not Jerry, Jerry, no, George is getting sniped. Jerry's long for the game. Um, and then if your side wins out, like aren't you targeting just like a whole bunch of meat? So in terms of like the four women that are left, like, as we have Liz, Shawnee, Nina and Haley, like they could be four of the final six, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they, they could all be really long for the game. Um, but I understand that on like a, social level i think they were like really connecting with flick in that like social girls thing and also just like morally at that point it felt like they'd push it really come to shove but like yeah strategically i would rather a close loyal male ally who's going to help me out rather than like okay well we need to to unite with with a woman that we're reading terribly who's then going to put our names out was it at that tribal council when uh uh, JLP asked Flick about like, what's your pitch to George? And she said that, you know, George to me is like a brother. Was that at that tribal council? Yeah. I think that, that I think that would be, all right, that's it. All right. She's got, she has to go like, come on. Like uh, you're laying it on a little <laughs> thick flick. I think, I think like parts of that are probably true. This is what I'm trying to say for George's social game. And what I was picking up in my exit with Flick is like, parts of that is like, ah, George, my annoying kid brother. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I kind of see parts of that, but yeah, she was laying it on very thick. And George is like, you continuously vote for me, and I really want you to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it was extreme. I mean, I think that it was amazing social work from Flick, like to pull one over on on Liz. Maybe things a little easier, but on Shawnee, she did that to Shawnee, and Shawnee was like, reads are famous, world renowned. So mm-hmm. she lost that battle with Flick, but then yeah. it came back so- around. I, I just loved uh, how, the, you know, they had them sitting and, you know, we had where like Liz and Shawnee and George are off to one side and, you know, it basically Shawnee has to like be the person in the middle and Liz like says to Shawnee, like, tell George that I'm going to play my idol on a flick if he votes for her. Uh, and just George like, she says like, well, that would be a very big waste of an idol. Like, uh, like he, he didn't like, uh, like, whoa, he didn't like react. Like, oh my God. Like, tell, like, are, like, are you crazy? Um, I just, I, I loved this whole tribal council. This was really, really interesting. And then the, I thought the negotiation and the compromise, I, I thought was so masterful because I think that you could probably like imagine a scenario where George like, like blows up, like, uh, like he like uh, digs in and is unwavering in no flick has to go. But for him to say, like, I think this is wrong, but this alliance means uh, enough to me that I'm willing to abdicate. Uh, I just thought that this was uh, such great television. Yeah, I think George is more con- congenial than people have been giving him credit for. I mean, it did take like a really big threat to to fold there, but he was right. Like, don't you think? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like George gets a lot of heat as like, you know, that he's talking down to them. I know he, George obviously has like a very specific affect, but if anything, I felt he was using very subjective language. I have a different interpretation. I think that would be a really bad idea. Um, you know, and 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 he was also right. <laughs> they, they, they should have been more objective, possibly. Um, but I felt that he was he he showed that he was prioritizing the Spice Girls, even when they, I think, were being Liz, especially was being antisocial in that alliance. Yeah. And then when he pulls Jerry over and says, OK, Jerry, who would you know, if it had to be somebody else, would you pick, uh, you know, who, who do you want to go uh, or save save one of them? Stevie or Matt? He says, oh, Matt. Like, OK. Uh, and poor Steve is having like a conversation back with everybody. This was, this was really one of the most saddest vote outs in uh, any survivor that I could ever remember. Yeah, there's probably like a good meme about like Steve just saying it and then you just like zoom out and the knives are all drawn. It was, it was pretty painful because it wouldn't have made a lot of sense to him and it didn't make a lot of sense based on the fact that it should have been Flick. And don't you feel like Stevie's like 100% in the final two if he makes it just one more day? I was wondering, like, had there been some frustration when we saw some moments where it seemed like that people were like, no, Steve, what are you what are you talking about? What are you doing? Like, do you think that there any part of that was that they were about 
you know, uh, done with Stevie. He was a loyal number, uh, mostly. Like, uh, he was kind of on the fence uh, when... Uh, no, he was in. Yeah. He was done. Like, he, okay. was, he, was, he was in, yeah. Yeah, but it seemed, it seemed like a lot of times they had to explain things to him. Like, uh, was there any part of it that was like, all right, uh, like, we've probably gone about as far as we can go with Stevie. I mean, I think in weighing it up with Matt, the fact that Matt might be might be easier to manage, mm-hmm. like just like less time consuming. Like, I don't think that it's unimportant, but I think like they bring different things for Stevie. Like, is he going to have like the capital or even like the self-interest to like really turn against George? Probably not. Like, that's a crucial thing, but he's also harder to manage. It's, again, compared to like Kara, who George had last time, who literally accidentally voted someone out and who was extremely loyal to George, who was important to him. Um, and then you have, you know, even Jerry, much easier to manage. Jerry is doing his own things. J- Jerry's been crucial. The fact that George pulled over Jerry, and not that it was hard from the heroes, but the fact that he really won that has been so important. Jerry's now been a huge in, in winning him Matt. But Jerry, you see, is already like, well, we can cut George at a point even if it's at a final three or maybe we could be even before. So you don't necessarily want as much self-interest from your allies, but yeah, I mean, I don't think Stevie did much wrong. Yeah. It's hard to explain stuff to Stevie, but there's a lot of time out there. And I think George would have been happy to have Stevie for the rest of the game had it come down to it. And he just like got, I don't know, shoehorned into this position, which is unfortunate. And do you feel like that flick was like sort of, you know, meaning well like uh, or like flick was like 100 like lying snake in the grass the whole time i think she was lying yeah i think she, i mean she does have a confessional where she's like i'm like th- you know really like having to think it through and i'm like no like come on even in my exit with her she was saying like she, she even on instagram she was saying how you know people think i really should have stuck with with them did, did you think that at all i never even considered that until she was i was like no no it's fine you're like a major part of the heroes like why would you jump to be like i guess part of shawnee and liz but with george where it's contentious mm-hmm. affairs jerry hates you actively to your face simon's mm-hmm. there too like i don't know i feel like this is not really the alliance for her compared to like her really really strong heroes but that's the thing she's holding on to like i'm sorry that i didn't go with them i just wanted her to not target them with her heroes did you have any issue with her going back to the heroes as a move other than the fact that they were losing and she misread that? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it didn't seem like, uh, she was that loyal with them. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I really wasn't thinking it through so much, uh, from flicks perspective. I never thought she would. Yeah. yeah. Because, and the thing is she felt burnt. She, she describes it like high school. They were called hostages. She had to play a cookie idol probably to save her. Like it's not been, from the beginning, I've really bonded with Shawnee. Now Liz is here. Now mm. I've got like these two different, and, and we kind of saw that in Survivor South Africa last year. There was someone who went over in a swap who was like the major part of her alliance and did kind of form new relationships and then was a kind of a mole and then had to make a choice, but was kind of always going back to her alliance. This was not the case for Flick. Like Flick for 90% of the swap tribe has been fighting for her life, mm-hmm. described as a hostage. Um, <laughs> Like barely made it through. So like it's in the last day, Liz comes over and she's going to jump to them. Like, I don't know. I mean, that, you could say that's probably true of Matt, but Matt's had Jerry and it feels like has been having those conversations with George for a little bit of time. So, yeah. Let's talk about the merge and ultimately where we go from here. And um, I've loved this storyline about the merge tribe name of that. I can't pronounce what George uh, came up with. Um, And then we had uh, then Nina wanted to call them the vigilantes. And ultimately, what what is it called? What's the George uh, version of the tribe name? It's, I think they're saying mole, 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 mole. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then, so they sort of, they outvote Nina's suggestion of the vigilantes. But then in the next episode, when they steal the name of the vigilantes and say it at tribal council and Nina is like, wait, but, but wait, you're the vigilantes. Like, yeah, that's right. We stole the name. (laughs) Pointing up. This is tough. This is this is that's all she had. I mean, she said at least it's getting some use, right? <laughs> so evil, so evil. What what but villain? Evil fun. Yeah, but evil fun. I mean, like this is and this is the, the us versus them mentality, which Mike and I spoke about. But don't you feel like is someone not going to vote for them because they stole the name Vigilante? Because it's it's silly and kind of stupid, but also unifying. But it's mm-hmm. not like they say like they're insulting Nina to her face. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's a fun way to, to be us, but do you agree? Like, or is it too I love bizarre? it. It's very Big Brother yeah. uh, to have the named alliance like that of the seven people. But yeah, I am loving the Vigilantes era. Yeah, it's a fun alliance, too. I kind of feel like everyone bring is bringing something and you like it's an annoying that like nina's left out of that i really like sean i also think like sam webb like he's a good foil he's been yeah. bringing a lot this time but like that seven is so like it's like let's bring on almost all of my favorites and also make matt really interesting yeah. and, and also like make jerry better and make like the best alliance of seven ever yeah and i i do want to talk through the merge vote but i just feel like that my mind goes to at this point in the game about okay so the vigilantes is going to crack that like, you know, George is telling Simon like, hey, let's just get to the seven. And anytime somebody is telling you, let's just get to the specific number. It's like, OK, you can, you know, all right, that, I'm getting voted out at the seven. OK, that's that's, you know, where, where I go out. So I think Simon is definitely thinking about being proactive in the game we got confessionals in the last episode about how he's always admired sean sean's idol is Mm -hmm. especially interesting in this game right now because we don't uh it's like the one of the only secrets in the game and so he has that at his disposal and so Really? Well, I mean, what? Where does this? Where does this fracture? Uh, like, could we see Simon and Haley go with Sean? Perhaps? Like, could it? Could it? Could it break there? Like, where is like the the fault line in the Vigilantes? Yeah, I mean, Simon's that fault line. <laughs> like, Simon's mm-hmm. barely like Simon's voting with them and is out the door. Even in his voting confessional, yeah. he's like, "I I want to get closer to your allies, David." So, Simon for sure. But then, is there another one? Because what, so you would have to get a couple of people over. Simon, as we're saying, could would be said in the recap, would be flipping to a minority. So Haley is a tough one because she has like such a strong relationship with George. And there's a secret scene where she's talking to George about how she's been so boring. And she's, you know, she's been clinging on for dear life and that she's had more fun in the last 24 hours than like the whole rest of the game combined. Like, I feel like she and George are such a tight relationship pair. And I, I feel like how is Haley? There's no home for her, her there. Game? It's with George. George is a home. Yeah, but George, I feel like, is much more with either, you know, that he has the duo of Shawnee and Liz, and he has Jerry and Matt. And I just feel like he's closer to Haley than all of those people. Yeah. In life. Is is that a good final two? Uh, is, Is it final two or final three in Australian Survivor at this point? Um, it's been a final three once, and I don't know what this season is. But okay. I've always thought that if they can get to a final three, they want to. But mm-hmm. then it, it requires another non-alim. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just feel like that Simon has another, you know, act in this game before it's all said and done for him. Like, I feel like that there is going to be like uh, an- another play for him. And I think it really just depends on, uh, you know, uh, who gets picked off next. So you, know, you had David go out and you had uh, Flick go out. So who does that leave on the other side? Sean, Sam, and Nina? Yeah. So I was like, if, you know, if Sam can go next, like, I wonder, could it Nina, I mean, Nina, Haley, Sean, Simon? Yeah, then that's they'd still be four. in a minority. Yeah, um, that's what it, it might have to be. And that it would might be, have to be a nine? George v. Shawnee thing. Like, mm-hmm. the, I don't know. Can you can you get a, can you take on George and Shawnee together with mm-hmm. Liz? And well, you have Sean's idol also, so potentially you don't yeah. even need the majority if you could, you know, nail the idol. That's true. I think. Yeah, it, it's it's tough for me because it feels like to bring it back to U.S. Survivor something that's been such a massive part of the last three seasons of the whole new era is the person who's so well out in front, eventual cheesy yeah. winner. And whoever can snipe them and take the credit for that will win. But they'll, and, then, and they have to do it late enough that they can get there as well and not become like the new big bad to take yeah. out. And we've seen that every time. I mean, Erica got the clue to, and then, uh, you know, the advantage and the challenge won the challenge. And then Ricard goes out, Marianne obviously takes out Omar and Gabler got credit for even the fire that took out Jesse. That like that's how individual those moves were of taking out the big threat. And George is that times a hundred um, at this point. So the worst thing that could happen would be like 
everyone just kind of turns on George at a point and no one gets credit for that. Where are we left then in the mm-hmm. game? Other than like Shawnee, who then I think would also be that kind of person. But like, if you can be like at any point, this is my individual move that I could really take credit for to, to take out George. That's probably the game winning move. Like that could almost cement anyone to catapult them above pretty much anyone else other than Shawnee. I feel, I feel like it's, it's probably that even otherwise that they would then win. And that's a really big consideration for me. Jenna, I hate to even speculate about this, but you know, George is kind of the glue. And if, if George was taken out of the game, now what do you have? You have like, just like voting blocks everywhere yes. of like, Matt and, Jerry, and, and this is yeah, like, you know, yeah. drop your stack and uh, pick up these voting blocks right now because yeah, you just have like pairs. Uh, I don't even know if you have a, a group of three anywhere. Yeah, you would. And you'd have some like lone wolves. Haley would then probably be pretty freed up. And then Simon as well. It's true. I do think so. I think that the, in the interest of like, pro- I would protect George until I could take him out um, would be what I would think. But I don't know if the minority can do more with an idol there. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, with the uh, talking tribal had a sneak peek of Sean trying to like use his idol in some way. So yeah. It makes sense. When they show you previews, is it for the whole week of next week or is it just the next episode? Oh, no. I mean, like Talking Tribal. They, no, like as in it was a preview on Talking Tribal. Yes. Like itself. Like they show a sneak peek. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But the, but the sneak peek is of not from it's, the entire. No, no. Week I think it's. Six. I'm trying to think. Um, every. I think it's always been like the next episode. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like trying to think. Yeah, so it's. Is. I guess if it's an idol, I guess it doesn't matter as much odd number versus even number because this next vote is going to be the final 10, correct? Yes. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure necessarily, but I guess you're running out of people. So, uh, no, yeah, time. Well, it, show, it showed like them, like trying to pull over Simon mm-hmm. and maybe use the idol, but then like Simon's still coming back four five. So I, that was my, like, even if they win that vote, but then as you're saying four five of what, would you think that that would be so unified? Like if George goes there, is there, is there a five or is it like Shawnee Liz, Haley, mm-hmm. and then Matt and Jerry? Yeah. And so. does Sean want to work with Sam long-term? Um, yeah, isn't that, isn't that crazy? Like, isn't that a crazy thing as well? Is that like how well they have come back together? Like Sean and Sam have had so much dissension and now like they're like forced to be together. And, and David Zaharaka said in the exits that he, you know, like they, they were basically put into that position because like, obviously the thing with Liz wasn't coming off and they felt like George wanted to work with Haley, which was true. And like, they just have to like cobble this back together mm-hmm. and like paint Liz out to be a liar. But like we aren't even talking about and you talk about like how that could be fractured and that could be different groups like the minority who are fighting in this way. This is why I think Sean should be quite individual with it. Sean's not even been with Nina and Sam. They've been like actively against him um, in ways when they were like leaving him out of the Haley vote. David Zaharaka said in the exit that he was like really um, upset about Sean swearing on his kids, locking them into that, not letting Simon be sacrificed. So, yeah, um, I do think that that. That is something that's been I, I, a little glossed over because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have to do it. So it makes sense. But yeah. like, I'd love to hear one confessional of like Sam or Nina being like, oh, I have to go back to this group because it just was kind of glossed over. Uh, I'd like to talk about the David vote a little bit and really that decision really for Haley and for Simon. They got recruited and, you know, I I loved George talking about like recruiting his former enemies to come and work with him. One of the things that I love so much about George as a player is that, you know, he looks at possibilities everywhere. That's the way that I look at the game also of like, okay, that, you know, there's no dead end here like uh you know you can still try to work with all these different people and so i love to see that from george i loved the moment where simon had to pull Haley in and is like you know i don't know like what do we do here like do we do we go with this and Haley said you know this is good for right now like i really think they want to take out guys from over there let's live to see another day let's let's go with this for a while and then Simon came back and he's like all about vigilantes in the confessional after that. And I thought that was such a great moment. Yeah. But is it, and is it true from Haley? Cause I, I feel like Haley's having to play that role for Simon. Like we're in the same position. Like we hate George. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Um, and we were having to work with him, but not for long, but I don't know how much that's as true of Haley as for Simon. 
So I don't know if Simon's feeling, okay, well, I could always slip over with Haley um, and not have to do it alone and then actually have like a much better block of numbers with Haley. Mm-hmm. But will it be there? And will Haley kind of have to make a choice between what are two real life friends for her in Simon and George? And also, you know, what's a better kind of game move from her, which I'm sure Haley will always think about. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're doing a lot with that. They, they Simon and, and, and Haley has not been addressed in the edit of like their history but it's massive. And they've been, I think, oh. like, I mean, that's been Simon's best alliance, right? Like this whole time has been Haley. Massive good or massive bad? Well, she voted him out with two idols and that yeah. was all on her. Mm. And But they are friends. So it's, I guess it's like a difficult history. Like they could play it up like they do with George in the rivalry, but it could be kind of manufactured and wrong because they are also friends. But it's weird that I feel like it's not been addressed mm-hmm. in the same way, like George and Haley, George and Flick. Like Haley and Simon is is big. Even George and Simon was talked about, and that wasn't anything. But mm-hmm. you don't hear like Haley and Simon. Do you feel like that George needs to pick a lane of you know? Uh, does he go with the Spice Girls? Does he go with I don't know if he has a name for uh, Jerry and Matt. The old boys was was Steve and Jerry. Yeah, and him. So is, is Matt now an old boy? I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, and then uh, now you're saying Flick. Yeah, Haley is a possibility for George. Yeah, I think it was best for him if that's the, like that's why he keeps being like to the seven because I feel like that's good for him. He'd have a lot of options there. Mm-hmm. Um, whether everyone else wants to do that, and the, like, he's the glue. So do mm-hmm. they want to do that? I don't know. What do you think? Where where should George go? I don't know. It's really for me. I mean, I personally think that his best final three or final two is with Jerry and Matt. Um, I don't know necessarily how he would dispose of so many of the other folks uh, like the Spice Girls, like Haley, um, to have them. So I don't know how he could get there. Mm. But I feel like that's the best group for him to sit with at the end. Yeah. And he's like, he, he always tries to bring in more people. So maybe that's the thing. I'm um, mm-hmm. kind of try and, and bring make it like another subgroup. But yeah, it's a tough road. It's a tough road for someone who's probably not going to win immunity challenges. And he there's a long way a to go. Final two with Simon. Uh, because uh, Simon is freelancing. I feel like he needs a final three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's the kind of thing with George where it's like he's either going to win or not. Like you're either so mad at him that he's going to lose to anyone, or you're so, you respect no, it so much that he's going to He needs a beat final anyone. three from production, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think he needs a. I think because we saw before, like that final two really tripped him up because he can't win the challenge. So it's like a physically yes. based thing, um, and they might take him through if he's if he's gonna really get, really get, um, you know, beaten at a fight or tribal council. But I just think like if they can back that this is someone who will win um, on a respect level, then like let him sit next to two people he'll beat, but have like fewer challenges to get there and like the life of his game not in the hands of one person who'll win a challenge. Because mm-hmm. Matt's already saying it would be Jerry, so. Yeah. yeah, I think a final three would be better for him. This whole vigilante storyline is just so much fun. Like, I can't remember a time in U.S. Survivor where we had anything like this of like this big alliance that was like really fun to root for that had a name. I mean, even Survivor 43, it was like the seven was like, OK, great. And who is in the seven? Like, why is Sammy why in the seven? Yeah. Like, why, who, who knew who? What? And yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't get that. Yeah, you very rarely like root for a majority. Can you think of like other very rootable majorities like this? Because obviously we want the underdogs to win. I mean, the, the, the heroes have been the overdogs yeah. for so long. We kind of yeah. had the weirdness in David versus Goliath, where it's sort of yeah, like the majority fl- yeah, yeah. flipped, which That's I guess a was a very good comparison, I feel. Which is kind of like this. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody came together and, you know, like all of the, you know, Davids got together and they all put their powers together. So to me, I, I feel like that there's some similarities here with like the underdogs coming together to take out the Goliaths. Yes, I feel like that's actually a perfect comparison. I was getting a sense of deja vu and I feel like that's it. I'm thinking like, when did we have this like victory with a whole audience? Again, your mileage may vary, but a lot of people are like, yes, like we did it. Um, and really rooting, like even for like when Flick went, it was like, yes, like keep, keep your foot on their neck, you know, like we, I feel like we very rarely root for a group like that, but it's because they've been the minority and instead of having all these trinkets, it was they like pulled in numbers, which is actually 
like probably more fun, mm-hmm. um, you know, in talking about like trinkets versus like social game. But yeah, I think that that's the perfect example of they've definitely been the Davids and this, they definitely slayed the Goliaths and they can, yeah, they kept going with it and it was still enjoyable. Yeah, well, that's running out because basically the three people they have left to get rid of, so you, you still have Sam, all right, but you have Sean, who I think is a yeah. pretty likable guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Sandra's daughter. Yeah, no one wants that to happen to Nina. That's the one unfortunate mm-hmm. bit. It's like, can we just include Nina in this? Just pull her over. <laughs> so be the thing that maybe happens? there's like yeah. a Jerry heel turn or something that can still happen. But uh, overall, eventually, we're gonna have to start. You know, you know, some of the the faves are gonna start to have to go out. Yeah, no, but it was it was strangely narratively perfect of, of this group coming together. It's just Nina. That's the one thing I like Sean too, but like, yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's in a similar spot than he was last time. Yeah. And Can I give you my that. take on just uh, Nina is very understated edit this season. I think it's just yeah. that she is a person who I think that, you know, was obviously very likable in her first season, but she's backing the wrong horses. She, you know, she's like, you can't make her like a, you know, heroic figure on the show when she's working against the people that are the heroes of the show. Yeah. I mean, Sandra did once upon a time, kind of, you know, like, and Sandra had her own thing. How many confessionals did Sandra have in the Heroes vs. Villains pre-merge? Maybe it'll be a a similar winner edit, an Mm. under-edited Heroes vs. Villains winner, which would be, yeah, that she would really be an homage there to Sandra. But that is why it's tough. That's why I've, like it's one thing. Like, are you really rooting for the people that Nina's working with? Her best allies, like David Zaharakis. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we love Nina. We really want her to do well. So it is it is tough because it's been we're very much invested in like the good versus evil battle that this has been. Yep. And like, yeah, ironically, okay. the villains have been the the rooting side. Shannon, anything else of note from this week that you want to talk about with me? I don't I feel like I've really talked a lot about this week. Yeah. What, what are anything, your thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I am, uh, you know, very excited to see where it goes. I was very happy to see Flick go out. Uh, really hated that she went ev- right, like right after Shawnee and Liz, right after Everyone's they like, saved yeah. her. <laughs> like literally, it's been, that's how it's felt. It's yeah. just been like a football team winning. Like, I loved yeah. everything about the ship and the good ship vigilante and um, the moment where <laughs> uh, George was asking for his, uh, his white hat yeah it's that was been great. very fun it's been really really any fun. other like controversies or anything this week that i don't know about i don't think there was a controversy this week mm-hmm. yeah I, I think we might have skated by everyone was very i feel united in this what do you think like in terms of weeks three four and five i feel are like all-time great weeks of survivor i feel like one we had our issues with the first episode two fun a little slower but mm-hmm. you know we had to have like the rogue vote and stuff but three with the george tribal council four with geordie and also like yeah god hates page i'm um, trying to like now think through all the votes but the, the cookie idol last week and then there's like big merge vote. Do you have like a favorite week because i feel like they're all very very consistently good these last three weeks yeah maybe last week i think might have been my favorite because i think we had like really like two pretty like iconic uh episodes right with uh or at least or maybe yeah. three even last well, week. Well, we had the, the, well, people did not like the non last week. So that probably oh, yeah, had the yeah, not, not Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The Jordy thing was, was really iconic. And then also everything with like the cookie idol and then trying to play it. And so that was just really fascinating to watch. So, yeah. I, I love it all, Shannon. It's been great. They, and they've all been, I think, think very, very different. Like, you know, George's tribal council, that was really the epicenter of that. And then, yeah, the swap was fun too. Kind of hard to get past that. But yeah, last week was, I feel so intricate. So the cross tribal element, like would really took over that whole week. That yeah. was so fun. And then this big merge vote. Yeah. This just felt like this, this felt like an all time great. Like we're comparing it to the David versus Goliath thing. I mean, many people in their yeah. preseason interviews said that as a, as a best moment ever. Right. And this is just one of the amazing parts of the last few weeks. Okay. George tells Sean, Okay, that the votes were going to go on Sam, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's he thinking there? I think he's thinking we're going to win. Sean, you were left out of the Haley vote because like the Sean Haley connection, you would think if it could be everyone against Flick 
mm-hmm. Sam, David, and Nina. Is there, have we fractured the heroes? Have they fractured themselves? Pulled over Haley and with her, Sean, but he's misread Sean there. I don't think he was trying to like play, do it on purpose or play mind games with Sean. I know that I, I give George a lot of credit, yeah. clearly, but I don't think in, in this regard. Because was I was true. watching that. I was like, what am I missing? Why is he doing this? What is he up to? And then afterwards, Shawnee is like, George, why are you doing this? Like, this is a, like, yeah. that was a terrible idea. Why did you do that? I'm like, okay, good. I'm not crazy. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll speak to George in a deep dive one day and he'll be like, I had this whole thing. It, it did ironically kind of work in, they mm-hmm. thought that then it definitely couldn't be Sam, but I think he's misreading Sean there. I mean, he's trying to pull Sean in and that's the George way, right? Like I thought it was crazy for him to approach Matt and it worked. He's trying to pull Sean in and this one doesn't come off and this read is bad and Sean's immediately not into it. So I think it's about kind of misjudging how much Sean is malleable at that point. But I do kind of get it. I mean, Sean was about to be left out of that hero's vote. Like, I think that's why that's, he approaches Sean of all people. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, George really hasn't had a close call this season, right? Early on, I'm trying I to guess, think. Yeah. I mean, he played his idol when he actually didn't need to. Uh, I feel like that he's been... He runs the game. Yeah, just runs the game. I mean, maybe it's been a lack of adversity uh, for him. Maybe he's getting a little... No, there's been adversity. There's been, like, he's down, he has the biggest target on his back, down at numbers, technically at the swap and the merge. Like, he's just getting it done with, in a flawless way that I feel that that's like creating what seems just like, I mean, he's dominating, but would you say it's not difficult? Like, I feel like it's the work he's putting in that's so impressive. I really have gone on so much this week about how great George was in every single one of like bit of my coverage. And I feel like if you don't like George, you must hate me at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like if you, if you aren't on board with what George is doing and I'm the like loudest, most talkative voice on how impressive it is. Turn the podcast um, off if you don't like George. Okay. It ba- like, what do you want from us? I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I've been through this before. I've been very, very high on a player that was playing fantastically that I am friends with and people despise me. I think I have some people who would rather I died, but I'm kind uh, of like... Who are these people? There's a few of them. There's not many. It's like, I don't know, a handful of people. And so I'm kind of aware of that. Can I'm, I address I'm not these saying, people? Yeah, they're probably it's listening. It's a TV show, no. okay? It's a TV yeah. show. If that that says more about you than it does about anybody else. Yes. Get a grip. Yeah. I mean, look, it's beyond these people, Rob. It's not, it's not about that. I'm just kind of like, wow, I've really been praising George a lot. Twitter, but I believe it to be true. Like I'm not, it's not a bias. I feel that he's been phenomenally good. Um, And there are people that probably don't love George that, yeah, probably hate me now too. I'm just aware of it. Do you think that they're six hours into my coverage this week? If that's the case? I, I, I don't know. Look, I, if you're not enjoying Georgia, uh, I don't know what your problem is. If you're enjoying not enjoying Georgia, you must hate the season, right? Mm-hmm. Look, this is Australian Survivor. You know, you have one person and they're doing a, a lot of great things. And you're going to see a lot of them and you're going to get sho- them shoved down your throat. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want George shoved down your throat. Mm-hmm. Then, go watch US Survivor. Yeah, then watch US Survivor. <laughs> go watch go watch a different season because this is it. And it's on the podcast too. And yeah, that's what that's where we're at with it. And yep. I just have to accept now those different viewpoints. Okay. All right. <laughs> Shannon, I am very much looking forward to finishing your podcast uh with Mike. I could not get all the way through yeah. it before we talked today because of uh, my own coverage of Survivor 44. Looking forward to hearing what you and Nick have to say about everything. Hopefully he will not be stabbing himself with a comb while you're talking with Nick about the premiere of Survivor 44. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to rewatch the episode and think through all my 44 thoughts. They're so different. They're just so uh, my head is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you, yeah. What are you thinking, Rob, in, in terms of the direct comparison? Cause you enjoyed the 44 premiere, I think more than I did. Yeah. I mean, I thought thoughts? that the 44 premiere was uh, very, very good. I, I feel like that for uh, a U.S. survivor premiere, honestly, I feel like that they've done a, a, a good job with most of the premieres uh, the last couple of seasons. And honestly, I think they had more to work with in the 44 season premiere from a uh, exciting vote, probably in the last couple of seasons uh, for a premiere. So overall, I, I thought it was very good. I just really do miss, you know, from a creative standpoint, where 
Australian survivor is really there to, and I think that three tribes also plays a part in this of like, Hey, the more you're showing three tribes, the less you can sort of go deep on things uh, with showing the two tribes. If you had one tribe goes, is going to tribal council. I think we could have really gotten a lot more of the backstory and the reasonings of the players that the show consciously omits on survivor, uh, us survivor and I feel like, what are we doing here? If you, if if I'm watching Survivor to see a show about people playing this game, and you're cutting out a lot of people playing the game, what, like it's a little bit like, well, what's the point? Yeah, I think for me, and again, like I'm not, I'm trying not to be too spoilery, but I think that as I was like thinking through my analysis of 44, nothing was anchored in anything tangible because at any point, anyone cannot vote as an example. So every single thought and plan has to be run through if that person has a vote. It's impossible to calculate versus like the, the meaning and then the tangibility I feel of this many votes, like as, as a rule, this is our baseline. This many votes, this many people, here are your resources. They're peoples and players with votes, right? Mm-hmm. And and then someone like George who has, for example, at, at that tribal council, what becomes a three, two, two, it's not like, well, well, if, if this person can or can't vote, you know, it's three, two, two, and I can read their social intentions and I can have a plan come over the top of this. And that's so concrete in such yes. a fascinating, socially rooted way that I love that. And I, I feel like there's a vagueness coming through with the U.S. Yeah. with that. Not to mention, and then in the U.S. Survivor, also don't forget about that. There are also countless numbers of advantage, many of which have never been seen before or can be known about by the other players. So also yeah. factor that into your equation that there are countless unknowable advantages in the game that may pop up at any time. Yeah, I think I think the reason that duality was really standing out to me is because so much of the great moves by George and like Shawnee in this season are around a knowability that you then have to correctly read, like tribe versus tribe, but who's who can we pull? You know, like two, these two big fa- like factions, right? But where do we go within that at a swap or emerge? You know, um, like just player intentions around concrete votes. Um, and it just, it was really very stark to me how that's like eroded in kind of the modern US era in a way that I don't think you could get these big bombastic George Shawnee Spice Girl votes because it's all around, oh, well, like, can they pull Matt? You know, such an interesting social thing. Can they pull Matt? What's Matt's best intention with each pathway? Like old school uh, social, you know, that that's not around advantages at mm-hmm. all. And I love that as a move. I think it's a crucial, like the most crucial move of the game. And what if it was like, can they pull Matt? Will they pull Matt? Does Matt even have a vote? You know, like it's just, there's a, and we often see that at like a murgatory. So yeah, I think that's what, I think that's, I'm going from something really concrete, these like big pulling and yeah, yes, yeah, splits on pluralities for sure. We do that, but it's, it's rooted in we're all people here. We all have a vote. We all have an intention and how can those intentions align versus like, I want to give up a vote to get a different thing that might play. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, sure. anyway, you're, I'm more with you're Nick, preaching to the yeah. choir. I'm the yeah. one that came on the first one of these and said that Australian survivor was unobjectively better than the U S survivor. Yes. Yes. I know. I know. You don't I need know. to tell me. You were like, what? what? It depends. It depends. But I just think like there, there's things that play out in both, you know, there's, you, there's things you the can't rely on the Australian better. survivor. The Australian game is better. In ways, the non-alums know, you know, but the, and but, but yes, I mean, what, two not, big tribes of people game. are voting. That's, yes, yeah. but sometimes uh, no one votes except one person. At its purest, the game will be better. And how much yeah. is each franchise eroding that? That's what it becomes. And at the moment, Australian Survivor seems to be doing it less. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to ask you one more question. This was something I, w- I was talking about this with somebody about the great Australian Survivor player. Do they also are are they playing a game against the other players and a second game against production in that they need to read when the non-elimination votes might be? So, for instance, where we saw last week with Haley was going to be say, are are you sort of like as an Australian survivor player are you know that it's coming? You know that it's going to happen. Are, Are you potentially not making a move that you might have made because you are ever having to weigh the factors that it will be a non-elimination vote tonight. 
Yeah, I think it's hard to completely predict it. I was thinking like, oh, it'll be in week four as an example. Like, what if you're a vote off? I think it's like, you know, firstly, many of these players have not seen Australian Survivor. But also, I think it's hard to kind of game so specifically. It's just something I would have in the back of my mind in like general strategy. Should I throw this challenge? Always remember, it might be an on-a-limb. You know, yeah. like just like as like a blanket thing rather than, but tonight especially is going to be. I do think that it's something you could think about as it's definitely not going to be a non-limb. Like we talk about throwing the challenge after Haley was saved by the non-limb. Like that one, you're definitely getting through. So there might be something to that of like a sure thing yeah. right after it. But yeah. I just wonder um, if you could yeah. time like a big move of like, uh, we can make a big move or a safe move why don't we go with the safe move tonight? Because I feel like there's like, uh, you know, a, a, a semi-decent chance of it being non-elimination. It's about that time as opposed to where if you were going to potentially make a big move, like we saw with uh, Nina a couple of weeks ago, where she ultimately like ends up like getting like some egg on her face about uh, trying to have made a big move that didn't ultimately happen. I wonder if you could sort of like work out the timing a little bit of don't do anything that is going to be particularly ambitious that could potentially not go off because of a non-elimination. I don't think specific timing. I think, wow, we're really due for one. Let's keep that in mind. I think yeah. like more generally, but it used to be a thing when people would, they would say at the challenge, the immunity challenge, like this tribe's going to be a visitor. And people would still try to make moves and it like, you're like, no, at that point, no, if there's a visitor, if anything is even remotely off in any way, like you keep it close to the vest. Um, but if not, I just think it's really hard to really telegraph in that way or really predict. But yeah. Okay. That was a tough one. That was right. a tough one. That was really going to be like Nina's big move. Yeah. All yeah. right. Shannon, the great Shannon Gus, of course, follow at Shannon Gates on Twitter. If you have nice things to say, if not, Go uh, delete your account. No, it's been great. No, no. Delete I mean, your account. I, it's not that. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I just, I get in my head around this time of Australian Survivor, you know, and I really appreciate. Yeah. There, there have been so many nice messages, especially like this week. All the people that, you know, I respond, but thank you. And a lot. I love you guys. Yeah. Um, Shannon, what was your draft team on the U.S. Survivor draft? Okay. Now we're in the spoilers, by the way, if you don't want the U.S. spoilers. Um, I, what, I mean, your, the, your draft team is spoilers? I'm going to say how I'm going. I just wanted to, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got Claire. I've got Helen. And mm -hmm. I've got Franny. Oh. I stand by what yeah. I said on Monday night. Yeah. Oh. I know. I okay. feel very good about myself. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anything I'm else, going Shannon? to statistical longevity, Rob. Yes. That's the point of the yes. draft. Go for and it. I feel great about that. Yes. Feel okay. Really good about where I'm at. All right. Well, we have a ton of coverage coming your way and already your way for Survivor 44, including the know-it-alls, plus my double exit interview, uh, not to mention also, oh, I, I did see a lot of people. Can I mention one thing about uh, the the med the medical situation in Survivor 44? Yes. Yeah. We're now in the spoilers, friends. All right, we're in the spoiler section. I saw a lot of people saying, hey, should U.S. Survivor adopt Australian survivor rules of that you can go to the hospital for 24 hours and then come back into the game. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> One of those people was me. But um, yeah. I do not think Bruce's situation would have yeah, changed. Yeah. So, with it so after yeah, apparently hours. not for Bruce. Yeah. Apparently not for Bruce. I need to, I still need to listen to the exits and I'm definitely going to talk about it with Nick because Nick's always been like a really big advocate of medical immunity and I have not. At first I was like, this is comical. Where's the purity? It just seems so strange. Mm -hmm. We'd never heard of it. But yeah, all of the franchises should be doing everything they can to keep the game as pure as possible and as fair as possible for sure, but to reduce Medivac's Every time. I mean, there's definitely been people in the U.S. who could come back, right? Like Eric Reichenbach and like in, in Karamoa. And I'm thinking like definitely, right? But like once they're out, they're out. That's always been the rule for the U.S. And I don't think it should be. I think the Medivacs are the most like devastating part of the game. It's not fun at all. It's not even like cathartic, beautiful pain. It's just sad mm -hmm. and deflating. Anything that can be done within the bounds of fairness. And I know that it's complex and we have to work it out, but like as an intention of this person can keep playing, it's always the right intention to have, I feel in some way. So I feel like that they have where they could be gone the whole day and you go to tribal council and you find out. Um, I, I just wonder yeah. like what, like how many situations would have changed if a person could be observed overnight and then in the morning they're fine to come back and play that they George weren't. did. George, uh, what what did they have to do for George? Stitches? 
George, um, I, he'll talk about his own like medical stuff, but I think they they needed to make sure his neck wasn't broken was the thing. And it required testing in Samoa um, that could clear that. Okay. Um, overnight. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just, yeah. I don't know how many U.S. survivor contestants that would like that rule would have made the ultimate difference for. But it's not, but that's not the rule, right? I don't think so, but I, I don't know if that uh, situation has ever come up. I, I don't yeah. know about like a U.S. I'm trying to think of the U.S. survivor who had an injury and was like, yeah, they pulled me. I was fine the next day. Like uh, this is BS. Yeah. like I'm trying to think like I feel like that we would know that story. Yeah, it's hard with tribal council. I mean, a day or two is a long time in U.S. survivor mm -hmm. now. It's like a significant percentage. Of like the I show, feel like but... that a lot of the medical evacuations like have dealt with people who are either, you know, um, that they we, we've seen people like uh, with a lot of like um, bacterial infections. And I feel like that that's not the type of thing that's necessarily going to go away in, you know, tw 24 hours or after observation. So. I, I, I don't know if there are yeah. many similar situations uh, to what George, I look, I, nobody's more happy than I am that George came back, but I don't know yeah, necessarily like I, I'm not, oppo I'm not opposed to uh, what yeah. it is. I just don't know how many times that, like that would have changed the, the, the issue for the U S survivor contestants. Yeah. And the person who like originally had the medical immunity thing, like probably should have just been like, now that we know what was wrong with her, like she should have just probably been medevaced from the get go. So you're right. I mean, the, I don't know if it, I just think that like in intention, it's a good rule. If mm -hmm. it never comes up that that's the way to lead with keep these players in the game, because it's heartbreaking that, uh, uh, I'm, I can't believe I've had to do that twice in a matter of what, like a month, mm -hmm. watching people get medivaced on day one, two, yeah. um, people who love the game, like, uh, that, uh, then nothing is worse to me than that at all. Okay. All right. The great, I know to leave it on the great Shannon Gus. All right. Shannon, any final thoughts? No. Okay. I think everyone's sick of hearing from me this week. No, no. <laughs> We're only warming up. Okay. We will yeah. see you for our check-in uh, coming up uh, next week. Of course, uh, if you are just listening vicariously through myself and Shannon talk about Australian Survivor, I would like to watch these episodes. Of course, uh, we make it very easy for the patrons of Rob as a podcast to watch international reality TV shows. Come become a part of Rob has a planet. When you become a patron at Rob has a slash patron. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.